Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Question for you we're going to start with tonight. What would you do with $1.8 million? If you had $1.8 million, what would you do with it? We're going to talk more about that number in a moment because today North Dakota had a pretty big COVID positivity rate number. Remember, it was just the end of August. We had the White House Task Force, Dr. Deborah Burks in town talking about the importance of masks. We've had Governor Burgum obviously talking about his mask up North Dakota campaign. And Governor Burgum said yesterday in his press, he said, hey, Tuesday sometimes can be kind of bigger days for COVID positive tests because people, they go see their doc maybe over the weekend. They're doing that because they have symptoms. That's where they're going in on a weekend. So we had a pretty big positivity number. And that's what I believe to be really the most important number you want to watch as you're watching these COVID numbers. Remember, the positivity rate is, you know, the number of tests that are taken and the number of people that test positive. You divide that. I don't want to get into the math part, but you get my point. Now, a typical positivity rate, and you hear this a lot from Governor Walls and Governor Burgum, is you want to be below that 5% number. So you want to be below a 5% positivity rate. Well, today in North Dakota, let's bring this graphic up, please. We came in at 12.18%. Plus 12% positivity rate. That, that is a big, big number. Now, I did reach out to the North Dakota Joint Information Center to ask them, hey, what's going on here? And they just said, look, some of what they told me is this. The higher the positivity rate today is largely due to the low number of surveillance of uh, testing events hosted over the weekend. This is one of the reasons we look at really more the 14-day rolling average. It's a better indicator. But just to let you know where things are going. Now, many, many of you are like, hey, so this... Does Governor Burgum now need to implement some sort of mask mandate? Many people are asking that. You watch what's going on on social media, and they say, hey, let's do this thing. Um, but you may remember in Minnesota, Deborah Burks told Governor Walls those numbers were going in the wrong direction as well. They've had a mask ma mandate for quite some time. So my question to you is, should Governor Burgum issue a mask mandate as well or not? And I bring this up because apparently he is now going to use $1.8 million from the CARES Act. He wants to team up with a company, spend $1.8 million and create public service announcements to influence you and I to be better about wearing masks. $1.8 million to come up with some PSAs to influence you and I to wear masks. Would love to know your point of view. Is that a lot of money in your mind? You think it's a good investment? Remember, Governor Burgum's told us, look, the mask is one of the cheapest ways to help mitigate COVID-19. Wear a mask, wash your hands, do some of those basic things, social distance. So mandate 1.8 million. Please share your thoughts on that. Now, with all that being said, many people think that the shutdowns and closing businesses was going to be effective, but People forget we live in the land of the free, home of the brave here in the good old USA. So a federal judge recently in PA uh, issued his opinion that the lockdowns in Pennsylvania are unconstitutional. That means the gatherings, shutting down businesses. I bring all of this up because look what's happening in Minnesota. When is a judge going to finally rule that Minnesota Governor Tim Walzio's are unconstitutional as well? And I also want to bring this up because Governor Walls today sent out some guidelines for President Trump's event that's taking place in Bemidji saying, hey, we have to limit this to 250 people. He's obviously saying the same thing to Joe Biden as well. But if you've seen Joe Biden events, how many have you seen with more than 250 people? Now, the Trump rallies, people are swarming to those things. And Governor Walls is trying to limit the amount of attendance. Well, I just want to remind Governor Walls out of Minnesota tonight, there's this thing called, you know, the First Amendment, the freedom to assemble. Yeah, it's right in there. So we have the right to do that. 
coming up on Bemidji. But the good news, as we all know, is that what's going to happen Friday in Bemidji with President Trump is we're just going to call it a peaceful protest and it's all good. There won't be any issues that way. There'll be no limits on the number of people that can be at that event as long as we dub it a peaceful protest. Now, joining us now on Skype is U.S. Senate candidate in the great state of Minnesota. He'll be at the Trump rally on Friday. He was supposed to be in Moorhead today. The one and only Jason Lewis. Jason, welcome hey, back to Point of View. It's great to have you. I, I want to sort of set the frame here with you with all this because I know you have filed a lawsuit as well against Governor Walls. What's the status on that? And just your takeaway on Governor Walls trying to limit capacity at uh, President Trump's event. Yeah, it's really sad. They've hijacked a public health challenge, and that's what it is, a public health challenge. We should be concerned about the elderly, the infirm. But as Attorney General Barr said, there is no pandemic exception to the Bill of Rights. And when the governor started basically putting small resorts where I am in Lake Country in Minnesota out of business this spring, when he told people they couldn't go to church or couldn't assemble in crowds with a barbecue over 10 people, you were running right up against the First Amendment. And at that point, we decided to sue. We sued under the Privileges and Immunities Clause in the 14th and for Article 4 of the Constitution that basically grants to all citizens uh, the right to assemble. And you apply the Bill of Rights to the states, which have been applied many, many times before. There's a little controversy over that. But when liberals apply it for a number of issues, say abortion, there's never a controversy. But when we apply it, to go to church or to assemble or to go to a campaign. Why, no, 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 you can't do it, 250 people, unless, of course, you decide to have a riot in Minneapolis. Um, this is the problem with all of this. So they're giving hypocrisy a bad name. Double, they didn't have double standards. They'd have no standards at all. And so this is, um, this is pretty clear partisanship and, quite frankly, pretty cynical using a public health challenge for political gain. That's why we sued the governor. The hearing's on Thursday, and we expect to prevail. Oh, so you may have a decision by Thursday. Did you get a rush judgment or what's the status there? No, no, no. This okay. is just the first hearing. So we filed our lawsuit, our complaint. They answered the complaint. You'll love this. We filed a complaint under the right to assemble and the First Amendment rights under privileges and immunities. And they came back and said, well, we weren't really going to enforce this anyway. So Lewis's <laughs> lawsuit is moot. Well, we don't think it's moot, and neither do the businessmen and women in greater Minnesota. So we're going to go to the hearing first. This is the first hearing uh, uh, this week. So just to be clear, what you're telling me is that the defendant actually said, meaning Governor Wallace's administration said, hey, we weren't really going to enforce this anyways. That was their claim to the judge? Believe it or not, in their answer to our complaint. And you have that in writing? It's in their answer. <laughs> wow. All right, you were supposed to be in Moore today for a bus stop tour. What, what, what happened? And it getting postponed. Welcome to the campaign world, Chris. Uh, everything is done on the fly at the last minute. I'm not certain if maybe a new uh, mandate kicked in and they couldn't use their diesel engine. You know, Governor Walls is trying to get California emission standards in Minnesota, which would put a lot of farmers and a lot of businessmen, not to mention commuters, out of business. But no, there was just last minute change. That's all. But we are we are here in the uh, North Central Lakes area. We'll be in Bemidji on Friday. We'll be up to East Grand Forks this weekend. So we're continuing our travels around the state to represent all Minnesotans, not just those in Minneapolis and St. Paul, who deserve representation, but uh, too many forgotten men and women here in greater Minnesota. I want to talk about Bemidji specifically and a few things that are happening in Minnesota. I had a source contact me tonight, Jason. I want to see if you can confirm or deny this, but apparently the attorney for the city of Bemidji was trying to pull the permits at the airport to wreak havoc <laughs> for this event. Have you heard anything about this? I have not, but it wouldn't surprise me. Look, uh, these people, if nothing, have shown that they will do or say anything for power. They will politicize, weaponize town halls. When I was in Congress, they would trail your town hall. We had to get capital security to do one. 
Um, the resistance will protest on your front lawn like they did me. This is the beginning of this stuff, Chris. And now they're public or they're weaponizing the public health challenge. They're not enforcing the law when it comes to rioters. It's all a matter of imposing conformity and to intimidate people. And now they're trying to pull this nonsense to make certain that we can't exercise our First Amendment rights. Now, here's my question to all of your listeners. Do you really want those people in power? Because if they're doing this out of power, what will they do if they have the presidency in the United States Senate? Yeah, I mean, the tyranny at times in Minnesota is, just seems to be egregious to me. And, and I hope that now with your guys' lawsuit, the judge or whoever's going to be looking at what this federal judge in PA did and, and make some good decisions. So I want to get into this because, I mean, you're traveling across the state of Minnesota. I'm up here in greater Minnesota, but there's been some recent polling coming out. Uh, two of them actually the other day had Biden up by nine. I think it was 50-41. Yeah. There was one today morning consult had Biden 48-44. It is so hard for me to believe those numbers. What, what say you? Well, look, uh, every, every time we go out to greater Minnesota on these trips where I've been the last week and will continue, uh, we see hundreds, thousands of Trump, Pence and Jason Lewis signs. We don't see any Biden-Harris signs, any Tina Smith signs. Um, so if there's an enthusiasm gap, it's certainly on the other side. But, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out, Chris. If you're polling all adults, People, not registered voters, and certainly not people who are likely to vote, you're going to get a skewed result. If you look at the polls that polled likely voters, uh, take 2016 exit polling, for instance, instead of party registration, because we have no party registration in Minnesota. If you poll those exit polls from 16 and likely voters, you get the Trafalgar polls, two of them showing it within the margin of error, a tie. You get Harper, our poll, a tie. You get Morning Consult and Emerson College, a tie. So we feel very good where we are right now. Good. I want to ask you about this because I know you can get into some of the weeds and some TikTok. I don't want to get too much in the weeds tonight. But, yeah, you look at Joe Biden. He started to expand his attorneys on his election results team, if you will. We'll, put it, <laughs> we'll give it a good name. But my, my question to you is what would you like to see President Trump do? Is It seems like the media, since they're on Joe Biden's team, they're going to try to muck up you know, November 3rd, delay this thing, and, and create a lot of uncertainty. What do you think President Trump should be doing to create as much integrity as possible in this upcoming election? Well, it's problematic, isn't it? In Minnesota, you can't collect more or harvest more than three ballots and turn them in. There was a, a lawsuit filed by a liberal group to a liberal secretary of state in Minnesota saying, oh, we need to harvest 100, 150, unlimited. Fortunately, we got that struck down. But what we didn't matter or didn't get struck down, I should say, is the November 10th deadline. So believe it or not, uh, all these mail-in votes, about 300,000 in Minnesota, don't have to get there till November 3rd, Election Day. And it should be two weeks, so they have time to process and you have a count on November 3rd. But now postmarked by Election Day and counted by November 10th. Wait, so that's, wait, 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 wait. You're telling <laughs> me that that's going to stand now? So you're saying that we won't have final results in Minnesota as the soonest by November 10th? Well, I think we may have uh, a Trump surge. I think we may have a definitive answer on election night. But what I'm telling you is they had until no, November 10th to count those mail-ins. So if it were close, the question for everybody is, would the clarion call go out a la Coleman Franken? Hey, we're short 30,000 votes. That's... Give us a week to get them. And that's what everybody's worried about, to be honest with you, Chris. I hope people hear what Jason Lewis is saying. And if you watch what Joe Biden's doing with his team, folks, it's shocking. I want to back up for one second, Jason. Just and one other thing, Chris, Go ahead. what they're saying also, they're saying if you don't elect Joe Biden, why there may be more violence. What? I mean, that is a shocking statement. Well, that's almost like this. This um, uh, Who was it? Somebody said, well, I think we schools will be open right after election. 
Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing transparency. Jason, quickly, I wanted to ask you one quick question. If we can bring this graphic up, guys, about Representative Elon Omar. But there's a story out recently that uh, the American Crystal Sugar Pack donated $10,000, uh, the other one, guys, $10,000 to Representative Elon Omar. Just your thoughts on that. Well, look, I, I don't know much about that one, but I can tell you that my opponent has been hunkered down with Joe Biden in the basement, raising a whole lot of money from multinational corporations that outsource to China. We're looking at close to 50,000, if not more, in dollars directly tied to corporations who have shipped Minnesota jobs abroad, who are outsourcing to China, when we ought to be independent and we ought to be putting Minnesotans and America first. So look where the money's coming from, and there is a problem there, to Amen. be sure. Jason Lewis, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We will see you Friday in Bemidji at the Trump rally and have you back on the show soon, okay? Looking forward to it, Chris. Thanks. Thank you, sir. All right, stick around. As we all know, at least in our area, the Big Iron Farm Show kicked off today. we got a very special guest talking about ag and the ag economy coming up right after this. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.